hope you enjoy this message from South City C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to South City C3 Church. And yes, I am uh, the senior pastor, John. I look a little too casual this morning. Um, we actually tried going to the warehouse in Timaru last night to just see if we could find a t-shirt or a shirt or something that looks a little bit more uh, professional uh, to our know of. It was this or a camouflage shirt. And I don't want to look like Hunter Joe or Hunter John. So here I am wearing my Mac pack stuff. So um, that's right. So we want to just take a second. Let's just pray for Josh and Sarah and their wee baby Emmanuel. They're not, uh, they're kind of like in an isolation kind of sickness. So we just want to pray for them. Um, and so let's just do that. Father, we want to pray for Josh, Sarah, and Emmanuel. We just pray for your continued healing and presence with them right now in the name of Jesus. And silver and gold we do not have, but what we have is be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And we ask for a miracle right now in their lives and in their body, especially their baby Emmanuel. Just pray for everything to clear up in the name of Jesus. And we all say, amen. amen. God bless you guys. What an amazing uh, drive up this morning. My wife was taking frantic photographs while I'm trying to drive 100, well, I say 100 kilometers an hour, but Kurt knows it's not, it's about 110 115. So, so as I was going, it was an amazing, I don't know if you've ever done that morning commute where you, you are engaging in the sunrise and you see the colors go from fire orange and red and yellow and as it just starts to illuminate, it was just the presence of God this morning. We had a uh, a pretty cold morning in Timaru, just a frost on the car. I actually had to scrape the window, um, but that's okay. At least I didn't have to buy a snow shovel. Today's text, if you guys have your Bibles with me, uh, and you have it on your iPad, or if you're at home, it's going to be on the screen. But I shared this uh, sermon with, I, I don't know just so you guys know, but I, I speak at a care home every, every two weeks. I, as a preacher, I love to um, try new things out on my, con my mini congregation there. So I'm always constantly preaching uh, every two weeks. And so this is a sermon I wrote for them, and I really just felt positive that I wanted to read this. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to turn to that iconic chapter in the, in the book Ezekiel, chapter 37, and we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to be reading out of the English Standard Version. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. I love that question. 
It's almost like it's rhetorical. It's almost like it makes a lot of sense. Of course they're not going to live. But God says immediately that they're, I want to talk about these bones. And Ezekiel says, oh God, you know? Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, like ligaments and tendons, and you will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, the second time we hear that. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So, I prophesied as I was commanded. As I, was, as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds. Oh, this is a very windy country. Oh, breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Oh, that's a sermon right there. Oh, I should, I'm just going to write that in there. Whew. On these slain they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet and, they, and it was an exceedingly great army. I think that's where I'm going to stop. Keep, keep reading this, this week. Content plus context equals meaning. The prophet Ezekiel was living in Babylon in the early Jewish exiles. These people had been carried off before the nation of Judah's final fall to that nasty king, Nebuchadnezzar. Ezekiel spoke of God's glory departing the temple in Jerusalem and going to reside in exile with God's people. Ezekiel prophesied to a broken people, recognize who you are in the story, who were devastated by the Babylonian conquest and captivity. They were too crushed even to admit that their own idolatry, idols that they had created and started to worship, because in Genesis, God even says that I am what? A jealous God. He doesn't want anyone else to worship any, any graven thing other than God. Too crushed to even admit that their own idolatry had crushed and caused these turns of events. Therefore, they persistently resisted Ezekiel's message. And these defeated, exiled people, Ezekiel promises a coming day, a day when God will vindicate the holiness of his name, a day when he will sprinkle them with water to cleanse them from the filth of their idolatry. A day when he will give them new hearts of flesh 
to replace their dead hearts of stone. A day when he puts his own spirit within them and enable them to obey them again. This valley of dry bones, as you were probably hearing me and maybe scanning that text again, you find yourself in this valley. It gives us descriptive, this kind of this landscape of, of Ezekiel in this valley, just surrounded by all these dead bones, dry bones. To the ability that God says, can these bones live? With our own eyes and our own scientific reasoning, all the scientists in the room probably say, not going to happen. How, does, how do dry, thick, kind of, you can see through the marrow, like, how are these ever going to live? If you're taking notes this morning, I want to say one thing, and you probably have heard this before. With me, with our own hands and our abilities, it's impossible. But with God, anything's possible. Anything is possible. You want to light up the tower? Boom! One offering, lit. Amen? What is it for me? Last week, I had an opportunity to do this intensive course called Soul Tour. And Soul Tour came, and they were upstairs in the hall, and we had about 30, 27, 20, 28 people, mostly ages 18 to 25. I was the uh, senior in the class. And these young, men, young women and men were learning about who they are in, in the light of God's truth, looking at areas of their life, looking at unbearable feelings, looking at the lies that they have believed of themselves and able to unpack and understand their core emotional needs and, and what they believe and how that translates up into their behaviors. What is it for me as I finished? I looked at this one thing. I made a, a mind map. I, I wrote out on this piece of paper something that I've been struggling with since I was a kid is I have this ability or disability where I find all of my value in what people think of me. It's called performance-based acceptance. I have this unbearable feeling that I will constantly disappoint you. So what do I do? Work harder. Work harder. And because I disappoint you, what happens? I disappoint me. And what do I do? I punish myself. It's impossible to have any kind of healing from this, right? It feels like I'm in this constant hamster wheel. Like for years, years turn into decades. But I tell you in the name of Jesus and that song, that he changes everything. I can stand here by the grace of God I know I sometimes still struggle with that and keep praying for me. But I stand here before you and say, that's not my identity anymore. Amen? Because if it was up to me, it would be impossible to change. But it's like God freed me from that hamster wheel, freed me from that cage, and just released me and said, go. Don't worry about how people think of you and your acceptance. I accept you. 
And that's enough. And that's enough. So I had a breakthrough. But what is it for you this morning? What are those unbearable feelings? What are those lies that you've been speaking of? What are the things that you've been just struggling with? Relationships, friendships, infertility, bankruptcy, citizenship, the salvation of your lost loved ones, or maybe it's the salvation of your kids or your grandkids. God, we saw that gold folder. God has seen that gold folder, right? We say it's impossible, but there are names by the grace of God. It has become possible because we've been praying. And these people have the weirdest stories. They come out of nowhere and say, hey, you know what, by the way, I was just thinking about God. And it just blows our mind. How are you thinking about God? When did this happen? How does this happen? Because it started in the gold folder. You couldn't do anything. It was impossible. It was just a pile of dead, dry bones. But God says, watch this, kids. I don't care if you're 78, 88, or 98. He still calls you a kid. He loves you. He's like, hey, Tamariki, look, I'm going to do something. Boom, life. And all of a sudden, you hear your great-grandchild, your grandchild, or your son comes up and goes, yeah, Dad, I've been thinking about Jesus lately. And you fall down. You faint. Oh. How's that? What do you mean you've been thinking about Jesus? How? When? Where? How? Like, just, and you almost have a stroke. You're like, oh, like you just fall down. Because in our minds, it was impossible. With, with God, it's possible. If there's one thing you, you're getting out of this morning, and you're walking, you're driving, you could, don't, don't forget all the scripture stuff, and I don't, I hope you don't, but just remember, John was really hammering down the cerebral cortex. With man, it's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Go into your week thinking that way, being optimistic and hopeful because of who he is. Second thing, if you're taking notes, just, I want everyone just to put your, especially if you have rings, just put your knuckles together and just rattle them. You should hear clinking, clinking. Like, do you hear the rattling of the bones? Oh, there it is. I hear the rattling of the, of the rings. See, God is rattling the bones together like never before. I believe that hearing Cindy talk and Mary Karakatawa, they're all saying we're in a season that the Lord is working prophetically and drawing the church together like never before. We've seen this in the pandemic. I have a friend of mine in Canada. He hasn't been in his church church for over a year. He's been doing everything, Zoom calls and Facebook Live. Lately, he's been sitting in his parking lot in, and broadcasting through an FM transmitter where his congregation shows up in their cars in the, car, in the parking lot. That's how they've been doing church. Crazy. Crazy. And the crazy thing is, my friend Bill, Pastor Bill, it's like, he, he was talking to me, he's like, hey man, we're seeing an increase. What? He's like, yeah. We have, I don't recognize half the people that are pull, literally pulling up. There's something even in this COVID pandemic that's causing people what we thought would be impossible, it is becoming possible. And the rattling of the bones are happening where people are realizing, like, 
like Dr. Phil would say, how's this working out for you? How's everything, how's your life working out for you in the light of pandemic? And they're coming to a realization going, you know what? My friend Bill or this person or this person goes to this church. For some reason, they're okay. They're happy. I'm going to seek out. I'm going to pull into their parking lot, turn into 88.9 and listen to something that is possible. The rattling of the bones. Churches are working together like never before. Ministries are not competing with each other anymore. All races and ethnicities are coming together. All generations are coming together in unity. We see the church and the parachurch working seamlessly. We see pastors, both senior and youth pastor, working in sync like never before. We see church planting and new ministries being birthed. We see a church truly ceding financially to the real concerns of their dying communities. God is repositioning this world for the ultimate deployment of the gospel. Work is worship. We have such an amazing resource where people are transforming the way they live their lives as they reshape this idea of secular versus sacred. There is no such, there is no separation. Everything is worship. You could be just as spiritual as a guy that paints, where's Marla? Like, as a painter, he's just as spiritual as I am. Amen? If you're an electrician, that is your ministry. You're walking in and and you're rewiring a house and and this person comes in, hey man, how's it going? He goes, thanks for, you know, bringing power. He's like, you don't want to talk about power. There's a greater power than just 220 running into your house, brother. There's a power from Jesus. And then the guy's like, "Just, just install my blender, please. We see technology change so much. My Nana died at 101 years old. And and my son did a special heritage project on her. And he was just blown away at like when she was a kid compared to like when she passed away of how much technology changed. Where I could say to my Nana when she was alive saying, "Um, I have all my Bible or all my ministry stuff on this device. She just, she just didn't get it. She's like, what? He said, and we can do Facebook Live, and we could, we could, you know, I could preach a sermon in New Zealand and then have it broadcast in England or in Canada or Jamaica. And then she's like, what? Really? My, my Nana had like the long distance phone with the cord that goes six to ten meters out of the, you know, the cord. You just carry the, the phone and, you know, and my dad would be in Canada, my dad would yell in the phone because he thought, or they thought, it was long distance and you just had to yell in the phone. So I'm like, hello, like just like really loud. And my nana was like, hello. And I'm like, my dad's like this and he's got the core. Everything's changed. Travel's changed. You can have a guest speaker come from Australia for the weekend. You can have people all around the world come and do evangelistic crusades. Languages. We have Google Translate. I can I could do my whole sermon and then transpose it in Spanish or German and Italian. God is positioning. Do you hear the rattling of the bones? Do you feel things coming together like never before? I do. It's so good. And then lastly is our body. 
Like the created order, the body is being built intentionally. Bones to bones, tendons and ligaments, muscles, organs, nerves, and skin. There's a created order to it. You have a fully ready body for life. But what's it, what's it missing? Breath. In the Hebrew, it's this word, and I'd love for you to repeat it after me. You kind of, most, most of you, if you know some Tereo Maori, you get the R's. It's ruach. Yeah, it's almost like you want to breathe that word out. Ruach. Ruach. It's the ruach or the breath of Jehovah. This is a holistic activation that only comes from God. You don't use ruach and say, I'm doing artificial ruach into the patient. No, that's, that's not you. You don't get to do that. Only God can ruach into dead, dry things. God has ruach you into salvation. Spiritual salvation. Ruach, he's speaking life into your ailments. So when we pray for the tailors and we know that they're suffering from this, this illness, we ruach in the name of Jesus. That breath of God would just come right now and heal them of their ailments. Amen? Have you ever done that? I remember one time Michaela was crying and she's in the crib and she's like, ah! And, like, and Crystal's gone in and she's like, she's done all the things. Poo, pee, feed, burp, all that. And she's like, and then she just came up to me and Crystal's just like, she kind of tagged me. Do your thing. I said, I said, she's like, you're the priest of the home. Be the head of the household. Do something. And I'm like, and I just put my hand on, my, on Michaela as she was crying. This is just a tip for you, dear Justin. Here we go. And I said, and then you go, Roar! No, I didn't. <laughs> Traumatized for life. I didn't do that. Justin, don't do that. I did put my hand there. Have you ever done that as a dad and you just, you have your hand and it's heavy on the chest and you just say, in the name of Jesus, just, and I would speak peace. I would say, gee, peace, peace, my child. You've done that, right? Jared, you've done that over your baby. Just like, shalom, peace, just like that. <laughs> Why? Because that's, what, that's the power of God in you, through you, right? Because here's the thing, going back to the point number one, with, if it's just me, it's impossible. You could do the hand, and you, you can make it smell like lavender, you can have like merry-go-round stuff and lights and whatever. You can be like, what's going on? And as soon as you say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, speak peace over this situation. There's an activation. The ruach comes flooding into that room. You've done this with people that are suffering with, with an anxiety attack or an emotional moment. And you just come to them and you just embrace them. You just, and, and there's a mental thing. You just pray, God, Romans 12, right? Do not conform to this world, but have the renewing of your mind. And the name of Jesus just release this bondage from their mind. And immediately they just go, oh, oh, man. I'm still feeling a little anxious, John. But all of a sudden, I, the, the white noise, you know, like the, 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 the noise is just dulled down. What did you do? Did you give me Zoloft? Did you give me something? 
And Kurt would say, it's the power. It's the Ruach. It's what the Holy Spirit that's in me just gets activated. And your mental health just, just changes from a Niagara Fall to a little waterfall. Mental, emotional. So is our, our salvation story. We have faith because we know, we've been told about the gospel, but our salvation is activated by the work of the Holy Spirit. I've heard, I, have you not heard this? You've heard people like hear the gospel for like years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, uh-huh. oh my gosh, okay. Oh, John, you know, like John 3, 16, okay, woohoo. And then there's that one time Someone just praying or whatever it is, and the Holy Spirit just turns on the light switch, and boom, they're like running down to the altar. And, and all the pastors and all the people, all the parents, all the, all the cousins are like, they're weeping going, what was the trigger? What did you say? What was the sermon? It wasn't me. It was the Spirit of God. All of a sudden, you ask them, it's like, what was it? It's like, I just felt this, this burden, right? You heard this too. I felt this burden come off my chest. I felt this warm presence on me. I felt something lifting. I felt invitation, belong, believe, become. I felt this embrace of the Abba. And I just, God, I was running and crying. And I was like, and I couldn't control myself. And then I just ran down. Because the Ruach, because the breath of God activates it's it brings from death to life and here's the thing it's right here right now right beside you right behind you under you left right up down it's everywhere around you and here's the thing nothing can separate you from this new angel nor demon nor good things bad things it's here and it's invitational but Pastor John, I'm, you know, I, I thought I'd get struck down by lightning coming into the church this morning. God doesn't want anything to do with me. I've sinned. We all sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. Our righteousness is of filthy rags. And when we come, like that song says, and I'm going to invite the band to come. I, I think we need to finish with some worship this morning. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.